Hundreds of stories live inside of the people we meet. A whole world is alive in every single mind. Perceptions, influences, differences, and similitudes are all revealed one interactive moment at a time. Welcome, Faces on the Train. A compassionate study of strangers and short narratives of emotional imagination. This poetry and flash fiction are all narrated by the author. Thanks for listening and enjoy. So say I'm at the gym. I'm getting it in on the cardio. The girl who pops in next to me is small but super built. She's one of those girls you can't tell is older unless you see her from the front. Her name is Caitlin. Faces on the train. The married man. My name is Allison. Anxiety is my companion. My nerve endings are wrapped around my lover like tinsel, lost in the spines of a Christmas tree. I spend my body in false devotion. I am the afterthought, and this wears away my mind. After the sons and daughters compete on the fields, after the colleagues have been sorted, after employees are delegated and deployed, after lies to the wife and beers with the boys, my sleek cocktail dress dances tangos alone after dark. My dinner with wine is served, and my high heels stroll in the district toward tickets for the orchestra. I am the other woman. Pristine and done up, I am Allison, the lover, well-kept and capable. My conversation is a polished and inviting, orgasmic set of skills. All things hurt small. All small things hurt. Nothing hurts at all. My seduction speech surfaces in the cadence of a girl. Please don't let me down. I'll miss you. Yes, yes, no, come over. I sing song speak in a child's tone into the phone. Philip never hears me at all. The toe of my shoe digs at the plush carpet like I might have broken a lamp. Lolita speak stands in for adult conversation. And always while Philip is loosening his tie. He hears me as a blemished prelude to ejaculation. He whispers, be patient. Divorce is not a good idea right now. Philip speaks the language of sweat, urgency, and deception. I toss my throaty cries to the skies and enter falsified future. He lives by the success of never having to say sorry. His success is in my clammy skin, cooling in his arms again, where we have landed on my sofa. There is no divorce. There is no ring. There is no sometime down the road. There is Philip, who props me up on a leather chair between his family he loves and a self he hates. And this week, on a Friday, he stores his dreams and holds my perfect frame, his heart softening, his pulse slowing, his systems are stabilizing. My wall clock keeps the time. We have forgotten to play any music. Her name is Caitlin. I am at the bottom of the ocean and I've learned to breathe underwater. I sit there for tea, spa nights, and self-administered pedicures. Rapturous novels set my hairs on end. They wave like Celia inside my silken robe. I am hooked on every level. My ankles are wrapped in seaweed and I'm tangled in this strange relationship. The salty lies of adultery melt my body to skin and bones. I am a skeleton with hollow sunken holes where bright eyes used to be. My body shoots back up to the surface and the first piece of flesh to return is my tongue. Philip is kissing me goodbye. 
These are the sweetest kisses, full of hope and promise, full of mischievous deceit, laughter and rebellion, full of, I can't wait to see you again. This starlit night, with its waxing moon, will be punctuated with a bouquet of fresh flowers come Monday. Whenever he leaves the scene, I see him in repeat and slow motion. Philip arrives clean and departs ravished. He's going for habitual showers at the 24-hour gym. My shame cloaks his character. This is becoming who I am, and we pillow talk by cell phone. He calls me from the train. Home alone, I steam myself in a tub of scalding hot water. Sunlight has slipped into the late night ritual routine. A terrorizing tremor shoots through my mind, a crazy thought illuminating my humiliation. I combust in a flame of realization. The light all around me turns red. I see myself as shadows on the wall. I am silhouettes. I am a walking x-ray. I run around the apartment like the gingerbread man, but I am made of flowers, 1,000 flowers. I have a watering can. I am changing kitty litter. I am watering the plants. I am feeding the cats. I am coming unglued. I dress and drive. She who laughs and me who cries. My car is driving to their house and I am sitting at the wheel. The buildings turn into trees. I am slowly creeping up their drive. Caitlin's house. The drapes are pulled back. This is the happy place and I am the intruder, outside, alone, in this abyss of upstate deep wood. My nemesis works a jigsaw puzzle. Philip sips his tea. I am in the bushes, looking through the glass. A caucus of youth are a gaggle sprawled in watching TV. No one here thinks of me. There is no chaotic torn emotion or scent of pending doom. These tales are dreams I've had to justify my deceptive nature. And while I'm thinking these thoughts, I'm also knocking on the front door. Nemesis answers. Caitlin in the flesh. Hello, come in. She does not know me. We have never met. Let me take your jacket. Philip is in the library, she says. We are lovers, I confess, in reckless haste. Yes, of course. Her voice is calm and friendly. He's told you? My surprise is detectable. Of course never, Caitlin says. I'm confused more to myself. I cannot help you with that. I can tell she wants to close the door. How do you know? I'm certain he could not have possibly told his wife. That I cannot help? This is the first sign of her irritation. That I'm the lover. I want to break her. I've been married longer than you've been alive. I'm sorry. I say forgetting for a second that her husband does not love me. Don't be, she says. I've suffered relapses into infidelity myself, honestly. I hate this. Racing thoughts arrest my senses. Well, we have that in common. This is as close as Caitlin comes to bitter. Your serenity is maddening, I want to spit. My love and my self-torment divorced long ago, Caitlin says. I should leave, I say. Your decision is harder than that. Caitlin speaks like a sage. I mean, go, like now, I'm mumbling. Don't be silly, she says. One learns so much when the truth is living and breathing right beside you. I turn mean. I thought you'd be withered, dowdy, slow-witted or hard on the eye. She laughs. I am challenged by a lifelong friend. You are stalked by an unsolvable mystery. 
We've come through harder decades, Philip and I. He does not love me, I realize out loud. You just realized that tonight, she asked? Just now, before I came. I'm speaking out loud. I'm sorry. Caitlin. She extends her hand in introduction. Allison, befriending me? Fighting the idea of poison tea, she laughs. Philip, Allison's here. She speaks to him through the wall. Shall I call the police? He calmly asks, entering. Allison, dear, Caitlin clarifies. Philip starts in. You've no idea the depth of my depravity. Most all that I've uttered is a lie. He is matter of fact. From the background, Caitlin speaks. I've had the lawyers draw us up. Called yesterday. This clearly warrants his attention. How long have you two been acquainted, he asks. If you imagine your sexual expressions, domestic or otherwise, are solely persuasive in matters of our station, Caitlin is cool, even. You love me, he tells her, sounding like a child. I don't belong here, I say, feeling panicked. True, they speak as one. Caitlin tells him, love is not the matter here. Reciprocal appreciation is my decision. I'll work to improve, he starts. She cuts him off. I know you, Philip. You barter in hope and ornamented promises. I love you, too. Up for the challenge? Caitlin is so cool. Honestly, no. We're good together, he says. He commands. Your comfort zone has just expired. Caitlin is cool. 30 years, he sighs. Not 31. I'm leaving everything but my jewels, my personal savings, and my pension, of course. Keepsakes, he asks. Want to fight, she laughs. He grips her arm gently and pathetically. His aggression was exhausted six secret lovers ago. He cries like a baby. She stares at his hand in a way that makes her arm feel hot, like the surface of a stove. Philip retreats. Her will alone has singed him. Faces on the train. Her name was Caitlin. It's rare that I burn the rice. This is an indication of strain. I'm more the type to count the grains. We can train ourselves to respect our feelings and transform them into language so they can be shared. Audrey Lord, Sister Outsider. Faces on the Train is written, narrated, and produced by Felicia Chappelle with creative director Will Walker. Audio engineering and production assistance, Mary Evans. Music composition, Umbikeli G. Scott Jones. Content editor, Connor Jameson. Special thanks to Bomani Moyenda and Khalil John. Graphics, Miss Hanifa Jones. Email us at info at womenworkwonders.com or follow us on Instagram at womenworkwonders.com. Wonders. Thank you to our entire production team and thank you very much to our listeners. Catch the next episode of Faces on the Train.